all things blue and facilitator of deep conversation. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about energy. What does that even mean when we talk about energy? You may have heard people talk about the energy in the world and things like that, and you may have written it off as kind of foo-foo or woo-woo or out there. But there's a real basis for it, and that's what I want to talk about today. When we get into energy as far as science is concerned, energy is the ability to do work. And on a personal level, you can think about how we eat food and that creates energy in our cells so that we can move around and exist and all of that. On a physics level, we can think about kinetic energy, electrical energy, potential energy. You can think about the energy that is taken out when we burn oil, for example, or gasoline. Think about the energy in a spring. But all of that is not what we're here to talk about today. Today we're talking about what I consider the currency of action or feeling or vibration. I also like to call it the force behind all that is. What makes us move around besides the physiology of energy? You know, we all have a different energy to us. If we pay attention to it, we can feel this. And I do energy work, we're going to get into that a little later in the podcast, but I do energy work in the Hawaiian Lomi Lomi work that I do. And it's really understanding that there's energy in the world and and deliberately working with it. But even beyond energy work, when we pay attention, we can feel it. And I tell my clients when I'm explaining that we're going to do energy work, that it isn't some weird hand wavy thing. We're all doing energy work whenever we interact with anyone. We just don't think about it that way. So if I started this podcast being like loud and crazy and all excited, that would be a way different energy than the energy that I'm actually uh, projecting right now. Once we start understanding this, whether we're doing deliberate energy work with other people or just considering how energy works in our lives, it can really make a huge difference as to how we feel as we move throughout the world. People have different energy and places have different energy. And it feels good for us to be in those places and around those people that feel like good energy, right? We don't like when when we're in a place or around a person that feels like yucky energy. Kids are really good at this, you know, Sometimes you might get embarrassed when your child, you know, is in the grocery store and says, oh, mommy, that man's weird, or something like that. And oftentimes it's just them feeling that energy that doesn't feel right to them. My dog also, for example, sometimes is just very blatantly does not want to approach a particular person, which is always strange because he loves everybody. And so I know if he doesn't want to approach somebody that he's feeling something about their energy and that it's a big hard no that we're not going to go over there. We're not going to talk to that person. One of the most interesting experiences of feeling energy in my life was when I first moved to Hawaii. I moved to Hawaii for a job, sight unseen. I had never even visited. I did not know what I was getting into. I didn't know what I was expecting I had never never set foot in Hawaii, but when I got off the plane, 
I can feel my shoulders relax. I can feel my whole body almost take a sigh. I can feel my soul relax. And there was just a different energy to being there in that place. The energy of Hawaii was one of the best energies I had ever felt in my life. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the energy in prison is a completely different type of energy, an energy that I can't even imagine. My partner, who we heard from in the first episode, is coming on again today, and he's going to talk about how energy has played a role in his life, and specifically how energy has played a positive role in his time behind bars. Hello, my love. So, we're talking about energy on the podcast today, and I thought that you would be a great person to chime in on this. One of the ways in which I feel like people can really think about and understand how energy affects them is if you just think about the energy in your relationship, and I know you and I feel this a lot, you know, if one of us is down, the other one gets a little down or sad too, and if one of us is up, the other one gets a little up too and I think people can start to feel that and see that in their life it's not some hand wavy thing it's just this thing that you can feel but you I think have had some very interesting experiences in which energy of yourself and those around you has come into play so can you tell us a little bit about and I will preface if people haven't listened to the first episode you are currently calling from behind bars so that's an interesting situation in which to feel uh, the energy not only of the place but of the people who are there um, from different aspects but can you tell us a little bit about how energy is played out at different times in your life and how you've kind of observed it? Sure, absolutely. I So I've always kind of felt that, I mean I've always been somebody that believed that bringing positive energy to a situation was important. I've always been kind of, you know, the, the attitude makes the experience, right? So that wasn't a, a far-fetched concept for me, and even to the point that uh, my son's middle name is Karma because I believe that there's some kind, I've always kind of believed that there's some degree to which the energy of the universe kind of comes back around to us, to that which we give. I really, I mean, so strongly believe that, but I'm also a scientist by training and not one to really necessarily think too hard historically about energy in the sense that, you know, guiding people's behavior in ways more specific and direct than that. And and then coming to prison, I had three real big lessons in that that have kind of been uncovered mm-hmm. um, that, I, that I've realized are some of the biggest lessons of my time in prison things mm-hmm. that I most strongly observed and, um, and that it's much more than, than I've thought before, I guess. And the first one is just how collective energy can really matter in a, within a space. Um, prisons are concentrated sardine cans of, of humanity that is deprived. <laughs> And um, you're close together, and there's everything is taken away from you. And there's a lot. There's naturally a lot of negativity to the situation, but it also fluctuates with certain people being there. And it, when I first got to the first prison I was at, I realized just how much that could be the case because there was 
in your cell, but it all opened up into one open space. But that open space, you could feel when certain people came into the pod, if they had a real strong negative energy or a real strong positive energy, you could feel a difference. In certain days, you could feel a, a difference. And to the point that days that fights would happen, and I would, would have told somebody previously they're crazy, but you could feel that something was coming. Certain officers who always brought negativity with them, when they would be there in the building that day, there would be more tension. And the greatest example I can think of is the days that was the prison in Virginia where they conducted the executions, state-sponsored killing. Don't kill, uh, don't kill somebody. If you do, we'll kill you. Great lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you would, everybody would know. But that was the day. And long before it occurred, because it was happening like 9.15 in the evening, um, the whole day long, even usually a day before, there was a collective... And it wasn't... Then it wasn't a, a violence. There was, but there was a collective tension and concern that was in the air and you could totally feel and it changed the way people behave those days were actually very everybody was kind of tiptoeing around and on on edge but not edge of each other's throats it was very kind of it subdued everybody and there was a lot of humor and random comments but it, it, the point is that it definitely you could see it and that since then i've read some things that kind of scientifically or at least more directly, uh, more materially, have measured this. Um, this HeartMath Institute I've read about, they've been measuring for decades now the frequency at which every planet and every sun and everything vibrates. And the Earth vibrates, and they measure it all over the place, the collective vibration, and it stays almost entirely the same collectively, 7.8 megahertz all over the world. There's only been two times they've seen a a like statistically significant disturbance in that frequency is was when 9/11 happened and when uh, Barack Obama got elected president. In both cases, one went one direction, one went the other direction. I guess, but the, yeah. the energy of the world actually changed. Right. Um, and and uh, there's also this Japanese uh, artist who would take close-up microscopic photographs of frozen water from different places. And if it was polluted, it was uglier than if it was pure. And then he would actually take these pictures, his name is Mataru Imoto, and he would take these pictures, he would take it, and then he would take one picture before he did anything to the water, and then he would subject that that frozen water to negative energy or positive energy, and then take more pictures up close microscopically. That that reminds me... Not to interrupt you, but that reminds me of um, there were were studies a while back. I don't I don't remember. It was in Japan also, I believe. But they uh, had monks meditate uh, on water and then looked at as it froze the crystalline formations and how it was affected and and so very very similar. Yeah, it was prettier. It changed based upon words like hate and love mm-hmm. and the energy that they brought with them. It actually changed the shape of the crystal, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was amazing. Um, so then, but then on a, like, after that initial lesson of kind of just like pay attention to the energy around you, it tells you what's about to happen to a certain extent. And more specific, get you get from people what you expect, which is kind of a modification of get what you give, because whatever you expect from people, you're gonna subtly give to them. I don't think there's a mystery to this. 
just your 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 basic interactions, the tone, the subtle things that you can't necessarily measure, are you're giving off signals and energy mm-hmm. with them. Um, but while I was there, like I go to prison, I was in the middle of the worst building in one of the worst prisons in the state, if not the worst. It was the building where people were annually getting killed, and uh, which in Virginia prisons today is not actually that common. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it was gangland central, and there I am, this white, middle-aged pacifist, and I went in there and had no problems. And it was an energy thing, because I saw so many guys that would, were probably could have beat, beat my butt, but they would go in there and try to be something they were not. They would try to prove how tough they were all the time, and try to, you know, just had this sense that they had to make up things about themselves, or, or you know, challenge people on things, and and act sometimes disrespectfully or rude or whatever, and they, you would end up with problems, but I just went in there and offered help and respect to everybody, even the people that were in the middle of whatever nonsense was going on, and, mm-hmm. and as long as my interaction with them was in a helpful and respectful manner, that was 99.9% of the time what I received in return. And mm-hmm. that to me was huge, because for me to go to prison and have that experience felt like really demonstrated that not everybody is is anything except a product of the interactions that they're having. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that I was elected twice, I've been elected by the people, other people in prison to be the representative for the living area to the administration. And we were even able to, I was able to go up to people that were, were new in a pod and would try to act terribly on the phones and disrespect everybody in a line behind them and just kind of politely say, look, we don't do that around here. You know, and people that were gang leaders Bloods, Crips, things that you hear about and see on TV shows that you're supposed to be afraid of, and all it took was just a common, decent conversation, and it always worked. And other people would back me up. It was a really amazing thing. And so you get from people what you got You got to a point even where a lot of those people that were leaders in the different communities trusted you enough to even let you interview them for research, right? Yes, that's absolutely true. We conducted research. Um, those were not the negative people, though. We specifically focused sure, on people who yeah. already, even if they were in those communities, were already positive people. But yeah. yes, you're absolutely right. I, I have obtained, I mean, I have carte blanche trust in the prison system as a white middle-aged pacifist. But if you just... Not, which you would expect. If you, yeah, <laughs> if you think about that, even with the positive people... I feel like a lot of times there is an inherent distrust, especially if somebody is like, I'm going to do research or something where they're like, you're what, you know, but your energy is there and it's, it's projecting positivity and, and they feel okay, you know, trusting you and, and talking with you. And that's huge. And it was sincere and respectful and yeah, absolutely. And and people read that and it matters. It's an energy. There is an absolute energy field people give off when they interact with people. And then Mm -hmm. you're right. And it did. It's opened many doors and allowed my stay here to be so much better. So I learned that in terms of interacting with others. But the real one that really hit was the, was the one that I kind of guess I already knew, but it was that made the most difference from my experience. I was so miserably depressed when I first got to prison. I was so low, and my low was keeping me low. I, my energy was all negative. But then I realized gradually in realizing these other things and getting involved in some some positive things and receiving res- some respect and, and being able to do some good in some of this research and teaching and, and especially with the interactions I have with the people that, that, that I love and that love me, 
I, I got going again, and I realized as I how much my own negative energy had been feeding on itself, and that my third lesson ultimately was the weather is what you make it. And I say that because I think back, it was this is why I say it was the lesson I already knew. I lived out in the Portland, Oregon area, and everybody talks about how terrible the weather is there. And it's true that nine to ten months a year it rains pretty much every day, at least a little bit. But yet no one there owns an umbrella, not even uses them. No one owns an umbrella who lives in Portland. It rains 75% of the time, rainiest place in America, just about. And nobody has an umbrella. And it's because you it's not a downpour, and you just it's part of life there. It's a really nice quality of life, and you actually learn to go... I learned to go hiking year-round there because it never actually really gets freezing either. You can find the time of the day when it's not raining and just kind of go out and find beauty in that moment anyway. And then the days that are, the summertime is the best weather ever. It's 85 degrees and sunny with just a tad of a breeze without a cloud in the sky for like three months straight. And so the weather was what you made it. And I realized that that's something that I have to be able to do here too. And then now I can, now that I've gotten myself in a positive place and I'm exuding positive energy and looking at things from a more positive perspective, prison still sucks. Don't get me wrong, but it's a terrible existence. But at the same time, I am able to make something positive of it and it makes the time go so much faster, right? It, yeah. it makes it feel so much less painful. It allows me to get away from the things when there's something bad happens, it happens, but it's not the only thing that's going on. And I can see with other people now around me, people that all they focus on is the things that are wrong with being a person. And I can't argue with their those things existing. But if the only thing you're doing is complaining and talking about the things that are wrong, your own experience becomes worse. Like the energy you're giving off, you're, cre- you're only going to create negative energy around you everywhere, the officers that you talk to, the other people that live around you, nobody's going to want it, and it just makes the whole thing worse when all you focus on is the negativity. Right. Yeah. Well, this is great, and I think it's, it segues really well into, um, into my guests that are going to be on here after this. Um, you know, we can come to understand how energy works in our lives, and then once we do then we can really start to use it as you seem to have so deliberately done and how I have observed you <laughs> to so deliberately do. Um, as you know, I teach a workshop about goddesses, but it's really a workshop about how energy works in our lives. And um, and then in the Lomi Lomi work that I do, we deliberately work with energy um, in a very specific way to help clients. And so... Uh, in the second half of the podcast, we're going to have on some, some folks who do Reiki, which is energy work as well. So I think this is wonderful, really, just to hear, you know, of all the places in the world to stop and think about energy. I, I don't imagine a lot of people would think about prison, but when you do think about it, it really is, like you said, kind of just this um, sardine can of people together. And so the energy, no matter what it is, whether it's negative or positive, is going to be really heightened. So I really appreciate you sharing all of this. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we, before we get kicked off the phone? <laughs> well, I would I would just like to add that for all of those wonderful lessons, I probably would not have been as open to seeing them in terms of simply the, the basic energy 
elements of it had it not been for this really, really, really pretty, really wise woman that started teaching me about a lot of this stuff at one point with a little more depth than I'd ever thought about it. And I don't know, I mean, I'm thinking about asking her out sometime. Do you think I should? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I can meet her sometime and let you know if she seems cool. It's about how we have a wave of energy to everything that we do in our lives. So when we decide that we want to do something, there's a moment of the decision at the bottom of this wave of energy. Then we have to figure out how it's going to happen, and there's an upward part of the wave of energy. Then we execute whatever it is that we were wanting to do, and then there's a natural uh, coming back down that wave of energy, and then we get back to a place where another desire arises, and let me figure that out. It's uh, one of my favorite yoga workshops to teach, and I incorporate some yoga mythology with different goddesses, and it's really, really fun. And so there's ways that you can work with your own energy, just like Taj was talking about, to find more flow and move through your life more easily. But we can also work with energy in even a more deliberate way. And people that do that we call energy workers, and there's a few different types of energy workers in the world. My first experience with energy work came probably around 2006, I would say. It was the first time I ever had acupuncture, and I might get flack for saying this, but to me acupuncture is energy work within the body uh, with the assistance of needles which are kind of like little antennas for helping to move the energy around. I'm sure that's not how anybody who does acupuncture explains it, but that's my kind of knowledge of it um, given what I've experienced. So around 2006, I was living in Hawaii, I'd been there for about a year, and I had a really bad knee from gymnastics. I did gymnastics for 14 years, I had to quit when I was 16 because I just wore out my right knee, and it hurt me every day of my life. It wasn't like sharp excruciating pain, it was just this dull ache that was always there. I couldn't go hiking, I didn't even like to go walk around the mall for the day, my knee would really hurt um, if I did something like that. And so I kind of was just dealing with it. I had an orthopedic surgeon tell me it was going to hurt for the rest of my life. But I met this amazing man who is to this day a really really good friend, but when I first met him uh, he seemed a little off the wall and kind of quirky. He did um, acupuncture. He also did qigong and was a Chinese herbalist. And I had never met anybody like that before. And he saw that my knee was hurting and he told me that he could help me. And I thought, yeah, right, dude, like, no way. You know, an orthopedic surgeon told me that this wasn't going to ever be fixed. Uh, but he was so confident that he could help that he actually offered to try it for free. 
And so he did acupuncture on me, and he was putting different needles in for stress relief and different things. Uh, if you've never had acupuncture, they put little needles in different parts of your body, and they're really small. You don't feel them going in if they're doing it correctly. It's really, really interesting. But in any case, he put a needle in my opposite ankle, so the ankle on the other side of my body from the knee that was hurting. And when he did that, it was like I could feel electricity or energy just rush out of my knee. And it was so incredible. And he even said to me, I know you could feel that. And then he finished up the session and I got up from that. And for the first time, I moved my knee and it wasn't stiff and it didn't hurt. And it was just so interesting. But he described it as that energy being just er, the injury being just energy stuck there in my knee. And so it was really interesting to have that experience and to see that. Fast forward to now, and one of the things I do is that I practice Lomi Lomi, which is Hawaiian healing arts. And there's a few different aspects to it, but one of the aspects to Lomi Lomi is energy work. And so when I start with clients, I always like to explain the energy work aspect in a way that's understandable because I think for a lot of folks, especially us Western folks and especially, you know, um, people from from different areas of the country, when we say energy work, we think like sort of hippy-dippy, new age, hand-wavy, very non-tangible things that maybe aren't even a thing, right? It's something that you can just write off. But I always like to explain to my clients and to my friends who, when we were talking about it, energy work is happening every moment of every day whenever you're interacting with anyone, whether that's a person or even like with your dog or your cat, you're always doing energy work. Your energy is influencing the other being's energy and their energy is influencing you. So for example, like if I walk into a room and I'm quite happy and my energy is quite high, I'm feeling pretty good today, but when I walk into the room, I see two of my friends are quite down. One of them's comforting the other and I can tell one of them's been crying. So I have two options there. I can come in the room with my big, boisterous, happy energy and it might bump up against their sad energy really strongly and maybe it helps to make them more happy. But what's probably going to happen is that their low energy, sort of sad energy is going to be apparent to me and I'm going to shift my energy down to match theirs. And so energy work has happened, but we don't think about it that way. So for the energy work that I do with Lomi Lomi, What we're doing is understanding that that's always going on and then deliberately using it to help out the person that we're working with. So it's a really, really neat part of the work that I do and and really, really interesting. And there's a lot of people in the world nowadays that do energy work. And so I wanted to kind of bring this to light because we're in a really strange time right now where I feel like the energy and the vibe of the whole world is off and weird and really shifting and I think there's a way where we can collectively shift it in a positive direction but we really kind of need to understand what's going on and how we might possibly do that and so I think people that have understanding of energy and how it's working in the world can really be helpful at this time. One of the most common forms of energy work is called Reiki. I don't do Reiki but I have a few friends that do and so today I'm bringing on two friends to chat with us. 
One is a friend of mine who I've known for a very, very long time, and the other one is a brand new friend of mine, and so I'm really excited to have them on together and have a chat all together. I'm really curious to see how the energy of the chat goes, but I think they're both going to be really informative and really fun to talk to. Welcome, Teresa. Welcome, Kelvin. Thank you both so much for being here today. If it's okay right from the beginning, let's just have each of you introduce yourself. So, uh, Teresa, you can go ahead if you don't mind uh, and go first. Sure. Uh, my name is Teresa Papadopoulos. I am um, uh, an integrative wellness coach, uh, a Reiki practitioner, and a massage therapist. And I've been doing this for a little over 15 years. Um, I found, discovered, I would say, Reiki um, very, very early on in my career. It was probably the first thing that I discovered when uh, I had recently been diagnosed with stage two cervical cancer. Uh, I was, you know, living on my own at the time, and uh, a friend of mine actually purchased me uh, uh, a gift certificate for a Reiki healing session for my birthday, and so I'd never really heard of it before. I'd kind of vaguely heard of energy work, but uh, I was really interested and excited to to try this out, and it completely blew my mind. Um, and just changed the trajectory of my whole career and life path, essentially. Um, so I really felt like calling, you know, called to learn this uh, and to share this with the rest of the world. So I was living in London at the time and I went ahead and uh, got my training and became a level two Reiki practitioner. Uh, and basically that means um, that well, level one is when you learn just enough to be able to uh, apply the energy work on yourself. And then Reiki two allows you to emit the energy work outwards towards other people. And then also learning the different symbols for uh, attunement and healing at a distance. So I kind of went ahead and made it to those, those, that second level. I didn't really feel like I wanted to like teach anybody. <laughs> I felt like just giving and receiving was uh, where I wanted to be. Um, and that's kind of where it all started. And then from there, I moved on to learning manual uh, tissue manipulation, aka massage therapy. Um, and building onto that, uh, I've now become a master's in integrative health and a wellness coach who just really loves to sort of integrate all of these different tools and skill sets um, into helping my clients and uh, helping them, you know, gain balance, clarity, uh, and personal life fulfillment. So that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. <laughs> so Kelvin, <laughs> can you do you in a nutshell? <laughs> I can do me. I'm. I'm. I know. I don't know if I'm quite that exciting, but um, <clears throat> actually, I discovered Reiki probably. Oh God, what year was that? Oh, let's call it 2006. And actually, my first experience was a, a friend of mine who came to visit me one evening and said, I've been meditating and I have a message for you. And I said, oh, really? I wonder what she's drinking. I wasn't, uh, because I wasn't really particularly, I had felt that I had kind of an energy, but nothing Nothing like that. Anyway, we did some meditating. She pulled out a pendulum, scared me to death with that. And uh, that kind of got me interested in Reiki. And then <laughs> I, 
I am, um, well, I'm a, I'm a motivational speaker, a life coach, a certified life coach and professional photographer. So I'm, I'm into people all the time. And I, I, I write a lot and, and I do a, a like a daily note, motivational newsletter. So my thing is, is people and mastermind stuff anyway. And, and later that didn't really actually get me tuned, attuned to Reiki, but later, um, what I found was that an awful lot of my contacts starting from that point started to be energy workers. So fully in, in about, you know, a month and a half, two months, I had this surrounding of energy workers that were just my peer group. So I was doing some writing one time and um, I had been talking to this, this individual on Twitter and we had been talking for a while. It's a funny story. I thought, I always thought she was a female and I'm not going to call her name because I just, I don't have permission. But at any rate, <laughs> one day she put up a new picture and the new picture she put up looked very, very male to me. So in the middle of our conversation, I ended up, I started referring to her in the male gender and she was like, Hey, mister, I'm a girl. <laughs> And as it turned out, this woman was an incredible healer, um, a quantum healer, actually. And we ended up, I ended up apologizing profusely. We ended up, uh, you know, connecting later. And she's the one who initially attuned me to Reiki. So I got attuned to uh, Usui Reiki, uh, first, second, and third degree. And then later, through another contact, I was attuned to Kundalini Reiki. And I never, I was never doing it for um, the world. You know, I wasn't planning on developing a practice. I was just, I had people, you know, my, I come from a religious background. I, I'm not really religious, but my, my father was a minister. But I liked the idea of being able to heal people. And when I got the Reiki, I found out that I could meditate on people and they would start to feel better. And I, I kept doing that. And I had a friend one time who, who called, uh, well, actually I saw her on Facebook and she had just talked about her daughter who had this migraine for three days. Uh, and I said, Oh, would you mind if I send your daughter some, some Reiki? And she said, sure. You know, anything that will help. And I came back and I meditated on her daughter, I had her send me a picture so I could see the daughter. And I actually sent, did a Reiki session because almost all my sessions have been long distance. I do very little touch. So mine's a distant Reiki thing. And then later that evening, three, four hours later, I said, I, I connected with her and said, how's your, how's your daughter? And she said, uh, Oh, she's doing great. She said, it was so good to see the smile come, you know, her headaches gone. She was great to see the smile come back on her face. And that caught my interest because when I was doing the meditation, I had had her send a photo to me of her daughter. And she had a beautiful smile. And my, part of my meditation was we want to bring back this smile to this little girl's face. So when she said the smile, I'm like, well, tell me a little bit about that smile. And she said, you know, it was kind of weird because it was almost like she was smiling because she wanted me to see the smile. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. <laughs> and I'm, I've kind of been hooked from that, but I, I do it mostly for, uh, you know, the people in my circle of people who are, 
who are ill or or they're they're having trauma and 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 to help soothe them and occasionally you know i used to get an urge to take care of the migraine for the lady who's working at the the help desk in walmart that kind of thing but it's never been a formal practice so but that's that's where that's how i come into the energy work okay cool so We've been, we've jumped into talking about it and we're talking about how it, how it works in, in both of your lives as practitioners and, and with your circle. But can you both give, because even if you kind of repeat a little bit, I love hearing different people's takes on things. So mm-hmm. I don't do Reiki. I practice Lomi Lomi, which has an energy work aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so can we just take a minute from both your perspectives and share what exactly is Reiki? Because I think a lot of people don't know specifically. They may have heard of it, but they don't. Like, what is it that you do to make this happen, right? What does the practice look like when you're, when you're sending it to someone or when you're practicing with a person in person or anything like that? And I don't know who wants to go first, but I would love to hear, <laughs> you know, exactly what it entails. Please. Feel free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> I, when I learned it, I, um, Actually, I've got my little books here that I kind of use to begin my understanding of Reiki. This Mm -hmm. is the handbook and uh, both written by um, a German man, that uh, Frank Ayrava Petter, who basically translated a lot of the Reiki um, literature into English. And he went to Japan. Reiki originally comes from Japan, from a man named Dr. Mikao Sui. And he basically, <clears throat> I don't want to say like Buddha because it's not terribly religiously based, but he um, was having some issues. I don't specifically remember the problems, but uh, he meditated for some time and these particular symbols came to him because he was looking for a sign to help him heal. Um, and so these particular symbols came to him <clears throat> uh, during a meditation. And so he started to activate those symbols and use them to try and help other people around him. He started noticing that that it was actually working and that the people he was laying hands on, you know, so literally you can actually put your hands on somebody's body or just sort of hover them above the body, depending on how the person reacts or, you know, if they're feeling comfortable with that. The premise is that you always ask for permission Um, and always get permission before you send it. Um, And basically, uh, Dr. Mikau, like, started using it, started having a lot of benefit uh, with the people he was working uh, on, and then he started transmitting the information to um, uh, what they call now the lineage. So there are grandmasters that he has passed these symbols and this attunement to throughout the years, starting with a man, I can't remember his name, I think it was Mr. Chujiro Hayashi. And so this is in the late 1900s. And he was a commander of the Imperial Navy of Japan. Uh, He was the grandmaster and he was basically responsible for leading the Reiki lineage onto the rest of the teachers throughout the world after Usui died. He came to America and he brought Reiki to Hawaii because of basically the war, right? Um, and so he met a woman there named Hawaii Takata. And this was like in 1936 or something like that. 
Um, and she then became the next grandmaster. And she had daughters and you know granddaughters who she then passed that lineage on to. Um, and so when I, I moved to Hawaii in 2006 or 2007, I can't remember. And I was just so excited because I was like, oh my God, you know, Takata is alive. I can probably go meet her. This is amazing. Um, unfortunately, by the time I got there, she had already uh, passed away. Um, and her, however, her granddaughter, Phyllis Lee Forimoto, uh, was still alive and still um, doing talks and workshops and, you know, teaching uh, about it. And so I really was very blessed and lucky to be able to attend one of those workshops um, a few years after I, I came to Hawaii. Um, but basically, Reiki is, as, 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 you, as I've said before, it's like a laying on of, of hands. And everybody has an energetic body or a chi. Right, so rei ki, ki basically means chi, rei is life force. So this is like the life force of the body being channeled through one person out into the other person. And so there, the big thing about rei ki that's different than what some people might be a little bit afraid of is that it doesn't give or take anything. It just opens and balances. So there's no psychic sort of connection there's no real like um like uh the i hear things like psychic surgery and cutting cords and that's a little bit of a different type of metaphysical type of practice that involves energy whereas reiki really is just a really pure method of opening and healing any blockages in the body so we do have these chakras we have these energetic meridians of the body that have proven through acupuncture and uh, meditation and chakra healing and all of this sort of stuff. So all of that is really relevant when we're talking about Reiki. Um, and also meditation and mindfulness and awareness is very important uh, when it comes to Reiki. And when you do become attuned and you learn a lot about the precepts, uh, which include basically the, the precepts are just for today, don't worry. Just for, the, for today, be kind to all living things. It's kind of like the, the Ten Commandments, but there's only five of them. <laughs> just for today, do your best, you know, just for today. Be in the present moment, meditate on, you know, how to be a clear channel, um, and try to be consistent as a practitioner in your own practice so that you can be of service to other people in the world. Um, and I've had a lot of support <clears throat> um, around healing physical pain as well as emotional pain. And I've even have had quite a few people, um, women, come to me seeking support around infertility uh, mm -hmm. and trying to make peace with um, maybe have, ha having had a miscarriage or uh, wanting to build um, or create a vessel for new growth where there may not have been before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've had a lot of experience with, you know, toothaches and migraines, like Kelvin said, uh, and a lot of just sort of like needing emotional stability and balance. So when my physical practice was up and running, I would often include Reiki in every massage session. Right. Um, and then I would also have clients come in who would say, you know, they want just Reiki or at the end of their massage session, they would want a little bit of a 30 minute or maybe a whole hour of um, energy work just right after their manual physical tissue mm -hmm. manipulation. So um, being able to integrate that into my practice has been really, really helpful. And now <laughs> COVID-19 has taken me, you know, off the table and onto the internet and into the world in a completely different way. 
Um, and so, you know, doing a lot more distance work and trying to offer healing um, through like my Facebook group mm -hmm. uh, or one-on-one -on -one, um, and one-on-one -on -one sessions has been, you know, a really helpful way for me to try and still be of service in the world. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you, you're really stepping up and doing a lot of that. It's nice to, to see you doing that. <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying my best. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's tough right now. <laughs> We're all trying. <laughs> it's very yep. you gotta try your best. That's all you got. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and, and you said that's one of the the commandments is to try your best. Um, the precepts, yeah. So yeah, just sorry. for today, don't worry. <laughs> just for today, be kind to all living things. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I can't remember every single one. Uh, the, the main one really is just for today. Don't worry <laughs> just for the day. Don't worry. Don't be angry. Be grateful uh -huh. uh, Work hard and be kind to others. Cool. I like that. They align, you know, with the With the yamas from yoga kind of and they also sound very much like the four agreements. I'm sure I've both read that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. this is what it reminds me of. Very cool. I love it. <laughs> Kelvin, so what's your what's your take? Like, if you're explaining Reiki to someone, I know we just heard Teresa's explanation, but if you're explaining it to someone who didn't just hear that, how, how do you usually explain it to folks? Well, uh, we we go back to it. It is a life force energy. We all have life force, right? I mean, we talk about this body we have, but when you get right down to it, the body we have is a is a shell. It's a carrier for the energy that that we've got with us. Right most people don't realize that. Um, so the energy is there. And, and one of the biggest principles is that it's connected it, all the energy it, and they're even starting to be able to prove by science now how we're connected by the energy between us. And when they can start showing that stuff on a screen <laughs> or they can show how the areas of the brain are working and start the subconscious. It, I mean, it's amazing. So I've, always felt I had an energy, but I had never really focused it. So when I became uh, a Reiki practitioner, one of the first things that had to happen was understand, okay, this is not my energy. It's not like I'm a voodoo guy or something. I'm not doing right. something special. All yeah. I'm doing is, is helping to collect the energy that's available and redirect it. And I'm directing in like, uh, like Teresa said, this is permission based. You know, we're we're not supposed to give this energy or send this energy to someone who does not want it. Correct. Although I have heard conversations where I said, well, don't give it to them, send it to their higher self and let them make a decision when it gets there. Okay. Which, whichever. But for me, normally um, if somebody has a headache, a headache or something, I ask them, you know, would you mind if I sent you some energy? And they're like, what is it? It was Reiki energy. It's life force energy. I don't have to touch you. I don't have to do any of that. And you will feel better. And generally speaking, I mean, migraines go away, headaches go away, and, and life is like that. So when I actually activate, I can actually feel the energy come through me. My, my head actually starts to buzz. The first, the first time it happened, it was like really, really <laughs> weird. I'm like, why is my head buzzing? It, it, it makes no sense. And then I, I did get attuned. I got attuned to a Sui Reiki. And then I got attuned to another modality called, at the time, they were calling it Kundalini Reiki. Uh, it has since been renamed to Practical Reiki. And, but it has a lot, a lot of the you know, Kundalini elements in it. The, 
the vibrations from that attunement, those were amazing. The first one scared me because I didn't know what it was. And everything there is by intention. Uh, don't have to learn any hand signals, the whole thing. I mean, I mean, hand, you know, signs. It's all by attention. And it's, it's a very powerful form. So I've been using the two of them together. So basically, if I'm going to do a session, I will go to a position of meditation forever. And I will put a picture or an image of that person and, and, and I will meditate on them. And I visualize myself collecting the energy from the is, the cosmos, the wherever the energy is, and directing it to that person. When I get into that mode, normally if they're having, I will, I will ask them if they're in pain, um, where the pain is, that kind of thing. So I can visualize where the pain is. And although, I mean, one of the biggest principles of, of Reiki is that we send the energy their higher self, their body knows what to do with the energy. So I'm not going, I'm going to go fix that. Basically I'm supplying energy and seeing if their body is willing to accept it and use it. And when it is, it's a beautiful thing. When it's not, they probably end up feeling better anyway, but the energy is there and they liken it unto running water down a street. You know, you pour a bunch of, you know, get a hose and run water down the street. There's cracks and crevices in the street. Well, the places that need the water, the water will go and sit. And the places who don't, it will just go past them and be that way. So right. it's energy and it sounds weird, but when you really look at it, we all have energy. Sometimes we feel it other, you know, better than others. We all think, we all create images and stuff in our minds. So the energy, the path, the power is there. It's just a matter of learning to get in touch and in tune with it and redirect it. Yeah. Did that make sense? Yeah, that was great. Totally. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, the, the basically like the, the laws of physics, right? Energy is not created or destroyed. It is simply right. transformed. Only so it is, yeah. if you really want to get scientific, we could do a little activity which I think is kind of fun. I've done before. You basically take your hands, <clears throat> put your hands together, and you just clap real quick, and then rub your hands. Rub your hands together really fast. Uh -huh. Feel that friction, the heat. Uh huh. Give it a couple seconds, and then open up the hands and do it this way. Ooh, my alarm is going off for some. Oh reason. yeah. <laughs> oh, you set off the fire alarm. See how good you are. You feel that. But yeah. you can feel an energy. You know, I've never done that before. I've never yeah. done that. Really? And yeah. that's a basic way to teach people or even feel it yourself. Get it for yourself. Yeah. Kind of weird, we, weird how my alarm just went off too, huh? Yeah. We that, um, <laughs> Look at you. We did Perhaps you're a quantum healer too. Right. <laughs> we did something similar uh, in Lomi Lomi training. We did our own hands. And then we also did eyes closed with another person where you can feel, feel their nice. own energy. Yeah. We all got it. Just it's all just a matter of paying attention, exactly. listening, just really yeah. taking time to slow down and listen and pay attention. And, and I will tell you about energy. The 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 individual who attuned me, my first attunement, she came to my studio to get photographs. And for some reason that day, she's in the studio. My my strobes are just 
popping off. They're just going off for no reason. And I'm like, I haven't hit the button. I haven't touched anything. And I'm like, I don't understand what's wrong with my strobes. And then she said, wait a minute, that might be me. <laughs> so she sat back and she closed her eyes and she just kind of meditated a little bit. And then she came, she came back and said, okay, that, that, they'll, they'll be okay now. And I'm, I'm like, nice. this is before my attunement. So this is like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, who are you really? <laughs> but yeah. they stopped. And I'm like, now there's, there's energy. So, and like I said, strangely enough, we all have it. We're just not in tune with it. Right. Right. And, uh, and one thing I like to tell my clients too, especially if it's their first time on the table mm -hmm. is to just not have any expectations, right? Just to mm. say, you may feel heat, you may feel cold, you might feel tingling, you might feel nothing at all. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that it's not working. That doesn't mean that this isn't happening right now. And right. you may just need to take a nap. Sometimes we all just need to like take a nap and reset the body and allow mm -hmm. the healing to take place. Yep. So not to be, you know, too skeptical about things and just, you know, as you are giving permission, you know, as a client, then yep, there we go. Let it, let that it happen. So see, see I, how it goes. I, 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 I mean, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed being able, I like to make people feel better anyway. I like to, to help talk to them. I, I like to help them feel better about life and themselves. So this is just an extension of what I do anyway. Right. So, and I, I rather love it. <laughs> you know, just love it. And in Lomi Lomi, we always say that the energy work starts when you first meet the person. You know, it's mm. not just when you're deliberately doing the energy work, right. but when you're talking with them too, when you're, when you're doing all that energy work, so always going on. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I say to my clients, um, it, when I'm telling them, you know, is it okay if we do energy work? That's part of this process. You know, I always say, it's not some weird hand wavy thing. It's something that's going on all the time. Like as soon as you walk into a room and start interacting with another person, or even when you're on the phone or however you're interacting with them, energy works happening, right? You're influencing each other all the time. Mm -hmm. And then for us in Lomi Lomi and, and from what it sounds like for, for you guys with Vicky, it's understanding that and then purposefully directing it and using it uh, to help people. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really glad we got to talk about all this. So uh, Kelvin shared some very great little stories about uh, his friend's daughter with the headache and the strobe lights. Teresa, do you have any, like, do you have, like, a, a favorite or, like, an interesting moment that you've had with, like, a friend or a client that you, um, that you just really love? Um, through the years, uh, when, well, the first time I ever used Reiki after I had just gotten, uh, you know, I was a baby Reiki practitioner. <laughs> Um, I actually had used it on, uh, my boyfriend who was having a very severe toothache, uh, that time. And so I really just focused as much as I could on, you know, his, his face and his jaw, um, and just really gently laying the hands on the jaw. And within about, I'd say 20 minutes or so, uh, I mean, and he was like in tears, right? He was just absolutely bawling, having a hard time and uh in pain and it just it pained me to see him like that and so uh just putting that intention there for about 20 minutes or so and he he was like wow it's actually starting to go away like it's starting to feel better and that's the first time i ever really had like a huge 
you know, breakthrough. Um, and as the years have progressed, um, and I've, I've become a wellness coach and I've learned also um, how to guide a person with visualization. I've kind of added visualization, guided visualization to help clients with, you know, finding uh, safe spaces, uh, inner child work, um, uh, you know, trying to find spirit animals or spirit totems, things like that to just to help create safety, uh, resilience, uh, mm -hmm. and um, just somewhere to be grounded when they're kind of being thrown through their life uh, and adding the Reiki into that as well has been extremely profound and like really, really, really amazing because I, I now, you know, uh, as years have gone by, I, I get colors, you know, I get specific colors that come to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we meditate on what the colors are, we usually end up finding out that it relates to a particular chakra because each chakra is related to a specific color. And then each chakra is related to a part of the body, which is related to the emotions, which is related to the memories. Um, and then, you know, people, um, clients have had, you know, uh, deceased loved ones come to them and say, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I'm okay. Uh, and give them messages. Um, and so, I know it sounds extremely woo-woo, <laughs> like airy-fairy, but, you know, this type of listening, this type of, like, really peeling off the layers and sitting back and really, like, allowing the spirit and the guides to come without skepticism, without judgment, just allowing that space to exist is powerful just in itself, even without anybody helping you do it. And then when you have the guidance and you have the, the energy and the attunement and all the history and the years experience, mm -hmm. I feel like that just creates that nice, safe space and that container for somebody to really allow that to come out for them and, and let the real healing start to happen. Cool. So that's, that's yeah. my experience so far. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't had the experience of, of seeing the color. I've wanted it. I'm like, please show me, show me something. Nor um, have you ever um, been able to see someone's aura? Yeah, yeah. So I, if, I mean, it's not like a very either. bright really thing. Yeah, I really want that. But um, you know, it's one of one of the most satisfying things I've ever done, really. Um, and once I get over not believing it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually allowed myself to to um, join with it it was it was a very nice thing i weird thing happened i stopped killing bugs for a while you know it's like oh i'm a reiki practitioner i can't oh i'm not going to kill that spider okay i have to find a way to get you out of my house without killing you right okay and it's just weird you know but it it kind of makes you more well, not kind of, it does. It makes you more aware of life and life force, period. So whereas, you know, before I just snapped that sucker, you know, I've been, known, I've been known to escort him outside so he goes someplace else and I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what are you doing? It's a spider, I know, but you know. That's also what a very kind thing to do. Just come right down by, by my desk. <laughs> so, so we've been talking about, you know, how this, how this works kind of like for ourselves and yes. when you're working with 
kind of individual clients or friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. I personally, and part of the reason why I wanted to do this as uh, the episode right now, is I feel like the energy and the vibe of the world is quite off right now. And so, you know, as energy workers, how do you see uh, energy work playing a role in sort of the recovery of what's going on right now and kind of where the world is headed at the moment? That might be a big, huge question, but. (laughs) That's a big, huge question. Um, (laughs) It is because we have to get, well, first of all, we can send energy, right? So those who can, and they have, we have Reiki share or energy sessions where, you know, people will just all get together and send, you know, life force energy into the world, peace, you know, and, and, and unity. But it, it's, it's tough. I see it. I see it playing a role. I mean, it's got to play a role. Um, I wrote a piece recently that said, you know, we can't force people to feel better, but you know, people who pray need to pray and put that energy out there and people who meditate need to meditate and put that energy out there so that it can reach the people who need that energy to transform. So I don't know, you get a, you, you get a hundred thousand of us uh, meditating at the same time. I think we can do some, we should do some good here because yeah. people just don't, realize what they're in the middle of. So I, I haven't been a, a part of a, a, a large group right now, but occasionally I will just sit and go, okay, let's, let's just send, send some vibes out. I do a lot of guided meditations with that type of thing. Also mm-hmm. sending out some energy and, and just, you know, touch somebody. Uh, Cause it, it only takes a, a little bit of a change in mind and mindset to, to make this work yeah. for me. Yeah. You may. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, I think also uh, if you've ever heard of, you might already know a, a, a medical intuitive who's quite famous and written many books. Her name yes. is Caroline Miss. <laughs> she actually um, has been uh, really active uh, these last few weeks creating a Facebook group where uh, it's basically called the rosary. Uh, mm-hmm. And basically anybody who has anybody or any kind of issue going on with them will put their uh, little post or their name or the image up um, for healing and for prayers, which I find really, really powerful and super, super amazing. Cause you know, people are getting thousands upon thousands of comments and likes on these, you know, asks for, for support from Absolutely. complete and total strangers. And I just find it, absolutely you know mind-bending what what we can do as humans to actually really be present for each other even when we're not physically able to be in front of yes. each other um Very much so. to answer jim's question um and maybe not even actually answer it but my take on the <laughs> the, the the way and how we can as reiki practitioners uh support people in this time is really uh, Reiki really reminded me, especially during the time when I found out that I had this horrible issue, this medical issue, was that I needed to pay more attention to how powerful I can be in taking care of myself and how it's not up to everybody else to take care of me and play sort of a victim or 
uh, put myself in a space of, um, of weakness, right? So remembering that you already have all of the power and all of that health and resource and strength within you. It's just a matter of, like I keep saying, paying attention and reminding yourself that it's there. Um, so really, the first level of Reiki just taught me to take care of myself. And so you take weeks, literally, after the first attunement, just learning how to actually take care of yourself and balance yourself out before you're allowed to step into the next level where you actually help other people and then start doing business, the distance work. <clears throat> and so I feel like my, my awakening and my awareness uh, really came to wanting to share how important I was able to recover and find peace uh, and stability and grounding, not every moment of the day because I'm human, right? And you know, I get angry and I get scared and I get worried and I cry. But learning how to bounce back from that and become more, more resilient and building in all those little tools, all those little daily habits that you need to take care of yourself, drinking more water, meditate a little bit, pick the right kind of foods to eat, rest when you need to rest, you know, give yourself a massage if you have to, whatever you need to do, ask for what you want. Don't be afraid to take care of yourself. And that's really what I'm learning and what I'm trying to share with my my little part of the world uh and hopefully you know this will be a big um shift this whole covid issue and being stuck at home and everybody kind of really going inward and learning to mm -hmm. <laughs> stay within a certain space yeah. uh i'm hoping that it will help a, a large collective of humanity really learn that they are important and that they matter and taking care of themselves is how they can take care of the world. I love that you just said that, Teresa. I mean, that's, uh, as both of you know, I used to do science <laughs> and now <laughs> I teach yoga and, um, and you know, all the other things I do, but, but I kind of like that you brought mm -hmm. it back to the individual because that's, that's really part of what I believe is that the more we can take care of ourselves individually, then the more we're able to take care of each other, to take care of the world. And we, we make those better decisions. And so, I like yeah. how you brought that back. Recharge your own battery. Yes. Put, the, put the life oh, mask, yeah. the mask on your face first. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love to use that one all the time. All, all the time. <laughs> yes. So. Well, thank you both so much for being here and for this conversation. I enjoyed speaking with both of you and feeling thank both you for of you having us. through our little Zoom call. Thanks. Um, and thank you for being willing to, to get together. I know you didn't know each other <laughs> and, uh, it was such a beautiful moment for me because Teresa, I don't know, have we known each other for like 14 or 13 or 14 years or something, uh, something like that? Yeah. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kellen, we met last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's really kind of cool. I, I like, always like bringing different people oh, together. So well, hey. connections are always a beautiful thing, especially yeah. when they're, the connections are something in common. So, so are you are you still in Hawaii? Also meeting Kelvin too. Are you still in Hawaii? No, she's this in Oakland. I'm in Richmond. In oh, that's in Oakland. I'm in Oakland, Oakland California. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so neither no, you in Hawaii. Okay. No. I have a I have a private practice here in Oakland on Piedmont Avenue. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, like I was saying, I'm I'm basically putting it all online and I'm offering um, correct. Yeah. You know, one on one Reiki sessions. I'm I've opened up a little Facebook group, which I would love you to be a part of, Calvin. I've actually also started um, 
a Reiki for attuned practitioners group, which mm -hmm. I would love for you to join so that we can actually share Reiki with one another to build the frequency of the healers. Healer heal yeah. thyself, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, um, so, yeah. that's a great little segment. So Teresa, go ahead. Tell us uh, how people can find you. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes too, but just tell us real quick oh. how we can find you. Okay. Um, yeah, so my company name is Breakthrough Wellness Coaching or Breakthrough Wellness. Um, you can find me at BreakthroughWellnessCoaching.com. You can find out all about me there. You can book one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions there. I've offered, uh, basically I've discounted every single one of my sessions um, from the regular price for the new COVID pricing. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm doing hour-long self-care one-on-ones um, with people. Mm -hmm. So tapping into exactly what the person needs. Uh, emotionally, physically, uh, you know, mentally, uh, doing a little bit of guided meditation, some vis visualization, and then some self-care with um, stretching, yoga asanas, and um, uh, self-massage, like with balls or soup cans or whatever people have in their house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I haven't done that either, also, so let me have to come to your classes. Yes, I'm, I'm actually doing a big workshop this weekend, Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, just for whoever wants to join. It's a group, interactive group Zoom session. Um, and uh, I've got a little um, uh, a Facebook in event, I guess they call it, uh, where you can kind of sign up and, and find out more about that. So I'll okay. add that in my comments. I'll, I'll look that up. <laughs> and Kelvin, where can we find you? Oh, gee. I, um, generally speaking, if you Google... Um, Oh, well, actually, forget that. Um, intensitypositive.com is my... Yes, yes. Intensely positive. Intensitypositive.com okay. is my main like website. Uh, intensitypositivepodcast.com is my podcast site. And uh, any place else I am, you can get to from there. So <laughs> and it, those, are, those are where I spend. And I also do a... Uh, well, so me as well pitch that. I do a, a daily motivational newsletter called Vitamin K Daily. So if you go to vitaminkdaily.com, you can get, you know, four weeks free of my daily, uh, my daily, my daily email. And then, Hey, when you fall in love with it, four weeks later, you can just, you know, stay there for like 50 cents a week. So it's awesome. Cool. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm told people like it. So, so give that a nice. shot. <laughs> anyway. Well, thank you both. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was such a pleasure having you both yeah. on. Thank you so much, Dan. You're so wonderful and you also shine so bright. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right, you guys. I will talk to you both again soon, I'm sure. All right. All right. Bye. Nice meeting you. <laughs> nice Bye -bye. to meet you too. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the blue. We'll see you next time when we dive deep into another topic.